welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Digital Broker. I'm Ryan Deeds, your host, and this is the podcast that we discuss insurance agencies, their operational issues, and how to maximize really joy and happiness with, with employees and get them to be more productive. Um, big thanks to Indio for helping us out and putting this on, educating agents everywhere. If you don't know Indio, you should. They're a, they're a technological solution that helps take data from your clients, puts it into one place, makes it easy for you, but mainly makes it easy for them. www.useindio.com. And today I'm stoked. I'm always stoked to be on the Digital Broker. It's an exciting place, but I'm super happy because I have Mike Furlong with me and he is the guy who kind of did all this. He, he was the guy that, that helped me get on a podcast. And um, so welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me here, Ryan. Excited to, uh, to finally be on the Digital Broker. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so uh, I thought one of the things that would be interesting is to kind of talk about how you and I met initially, you know, I mean, it, uh, and can you just walk me through your side of that? Yeah, I remember it was early days of, of starting the company, uh, of starting Indio, and I was in uh, my apartment uh, kitchen in San Francisco and, and was reading an article on LinkedIn uh, from you uh, where you were writing about uh, kind of insure tech disruption and how that would affect agencies and the dynamic and the, the dynamic there. And I shot you a, uh, a LinkedIn message and, 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 it was like Saturday night, right? It was like a Saturday night and you were like, hey, you want to chat or something? I and I like, think you called me, I, I called you or you called me immediately <laughs> late at night uh, Pacific time, which was even later Eastern time for you. Yeah, I was playing with something. I was coding on something. You know, I was I was hustling. I was hustling, and yeah, that was exciting for me. You know, I was like, "Wow, I'm this little like Nashville IT guy," and I, you know, there's a Silicon Valley company that just wants to even talk to me. Oh man, I was that was like that was hot stuff. I, I went into my wife afterwards. I was like, "Oh baby, you don't even know." <laughs> it was cool. And so, one of the things that I think is exciting about that is that I mean, for the listeners. That like I, I will tell people LinkedIn changed my life, and then I was, I'm on the plane and I say that a lot. Like LinkedIn changed my life, and they're like, "Oh yeah, how?" And I'm like, "Well, I met this dude Mike Furlong, and he had a company called Indio, and he wanted a little advice, and then he said, why 'Why don't you get on a podcast?'" And then a lot of stuff happened, and so you know, LinkedIn I think is a a powerful mechanism. I mean, you use it all the time, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, I use it all the time for for. I mean, I think it's a valuable tool for sales, for recruiting, uh, and just general thought, thought, thought leadership, and uh, seeing everybody else's views. And and yeah, I love it. I'll be so glad when the term thought leadership dies. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just implies like I don't. It just seems so ostentatious. I everybody has thought leadership about something. Somebody might be a thought leader about the Simpsons. You know, I just I, it, oh, it drives me nuts. It, I, I when people put that on their title, I just. Like, man, you know, I, but thought leadership. Yeah. I, I think I'm qualified to be a thought leader in anything. So <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, that's how I feel too, man. We can all learn together. We can all get better. You know, just everybody has good thought leadership on something, you know, so we're all really thought leaders. <laughs> 
One of the things I thought would be cool, though, is if you kind of walked us through, I mean, how did Indio come to be? You know, you, it's, it's, it's had really, really good success when you look at the insure tech market. I mean, from, from my, from just what I know, um, from an entrenched tool that's insure tech based, you guys are one of the top ones out there where a multitude of agencies are leveraging that with success. I mean, how, how did you come to get to where you are and how did that solution get born and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So I think like a lot of startups, uh, you know, they're started out of a need that one of the founders had. And that, that was the case for me where I, I actually had started a software business before Indio and, uh, as the business owner, it was a small company. Uh, my insurance, I worked with an insurance broker and I had to fill out uh, uh, all the insurance applications upon renewing uh, each year. I had to fill out the direct DNO, ENO, cyber applications. And it was an extremely manual uh, paperwork driven process. And I thought, man, uh, I really appreciate the advice of my broker here, but the process itself is, is painful. Um, and there's a ton of data duplication. And so when that company ended, some of the investors were like, hey, you should really look into commercial insurance. And at first, you know, there were a lot of folks that were trying to, a lot of entrepreneurs trying to replace the broker, replace the insurance carrier three, four years ago. And a number of those models haven't necessarily worked out quite as I think people, people would have hoped for a variety of reasons. And, and you know, I, at the time, my view was contrarian that I thought the insurance broker added a lot of value was here to stay, but just needed better software to power what they did, particularly as it related to the insured, the client. Uh, and, and that was who I was. And so fast forward to today, I, I decided to start a company that focused on providing software to the insurance agent to empower their uh, their processes and their, 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 the way that they relate uh, and collect data from the insured, specifically around all the insurance carrier applications, uh, which we've digitized. I mean, ultimately, you, you'll take four or five forms that generally be on paper. You create one master form, right, electronically, and then that can be distributed to a multitude of individuals to all fill out what they can and it'll all come back to one space. I mean, is that, that's kind of the deal, right? Yeah, more or less. And, and a lot of agents choose to just, uh, you know, all the data across our platform maps to all the relevant forms. So you fill out your name one time and it's going to fill in all the different all the different forms, whether it's carrier forms, whether it's a list of exposures, autos, uh, drivers, uh, schedule of hazards, things like that. Um, and it's all consolidated into one place. So instead of sending a client an email with a bunch of attachments, you send them a link, they click the link, and we walk them through in a TurboTax-like manner. It's sort of like a wizard, uh, the process of filling out, uploading different documents, et cetera. And I mean, so, and has that morphed over time or was that the vision when, when, when you came and who was it? Was it you, you, you know, you got done with this other company, you had the investors and then did you build the team? How did all that come to be? Yeah. So it was initially myself uh, and one under other individual who's not at the company anymore. And then Adam Bratt joined two months after we started. Adam Bratt's our CTO. Uh, and yeah, you know, the two of us basically built the team from there into the, you know, 100 plus person team we are today. And your main locations are in Austin and San Fran, right? 
That's right. Yep. And we have an offshore uh, engineering office in Poland, and which seems like a necessity these days for, for technology companies, given the shortage of engineers. Yeah, but your, your, and your guys' support is in San Fran or Austin? San Francisco and Austin. Yep. Both yeah. Spots. I've been to the Austin office, the new one. That, so that was pretty cool. I was able to go there when I was at Dig In. And so I was, that, was, that was very nice of them to allow me to come and kind of slug around there. It was cool. Nice with the big porch deck. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, that is a nice little area. It's definitely, I like Austin. It's a cool town. Yeah. So, you know, what do you think when you look at, at where you are today, is that what is, you know, what, are you three years in now? Three years in. And from the day you started to today, when you started this, is this how you conceptualize success? I mean, what is, where are you in the journey of you, of what you consider to be successful? Yeah, you know, I think every day I, 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 I say we are only, you know, 2%, 5% of the way to where we want to be. But when I look back, I'm, I, I'm pretty amazed we have, you know, 300 plus customers, 40 of the top 100 insurance brokers using our platform. I think uh, when we started the company, I had a slightly different idea more around being sort of a, a small business transaction platform for insurance agents to get quotes. I think it's gone uh, far away from that where we're focused on more middle market type business, much more focused on workflow. And I think uh, we really want to expand our product, uh, our product scope outside of the application process to capture more of what an agent does day to day, particularly in how they relate to their, their customers. And, um, and we also see tremendous opportunities by just being a system of engagement with the broker to power things like uh, more uh, ease of transmission to insurance carriers, uh, their counterparties, and just, you know, continuing to help them uh, sort of streamline their workflow, interact with their client in a more digital way. But I mean, this, this is customer experience, right? I mean, when we're, we're all the words that we talk about and all the things that we say, when, a, when an agency asks me, I need to be better at customer experience, what is customer experience? I mean, this is part of it, right? I mean, this is, this is a, the, the ability to try to create frictionless collection of this information to make it a better experience for the person who's putting it in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, in commercial lines, NDO is is really the main technology solution brokers are using to digitize, digitize and empower and, and augment that customer experience. And so we we don't want to replace anything that the broker does. We, we want to empower them to be more advisors instead of transactional, operational middlemen funneling paperwork back and forth. And so, you know, we do, uh, our focus is entirely on kind of improving that customer experience, uh, which is what business owners expect today. Whether you're a CFO or a business owner, you expect to have a more modern digital experience to most financially oriented uh, services that you're going to undertake. What makes an agency great at using Indio? Like what are things that you've seen that have enabled really, really dramatic success for the product? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll say, usually there's a strong leader that understands the value, you know, the, the difficulties of change management in the industry and has done it before with other products or understands that, uh, understands how to rally people around the value uh, of the product, what it's going to provide to customers. And it's, it's, it's obviously a difficult industry, as you know, where there's a lot of legacy workflows, 
folks have done the same uh, this the same work for a very long long time, and it's tough to get people out of their their day to day routines. And so I think uh, strong leadership is definitely something that we've seen uh, be valuable. I think along with that, agencies that have kind of a relentless focus on on customer experience, to use that term, have done very very well with us because they prioritize the customer's experience over anything else, and so they will go out of their way to learn a new system to be able to provide their customers something more beneficial. But but what they'll find is they end up saving a lot more time. It's better for them in the process. And so um, I also think that that just from a kind of demographic standpoint, the agencies that do better with us do focus a, more on larger small business mid market uh, commercial risks where there is a lot of data collection and uh, you know we do have uh, our main use cases are kind of the the, the management liability you know DNO ENO cyber um, I, obviously we're used heavily across property and casualty but any sort of carrier supplementals work comp uh, GL supplementals etc is a little bit more where where our solution uh, you know bread and butter is right so if they come in they're focused they have a they have some real specific issues in those or specific industries coverages that they're going after that's kind of where you see them start initially to start netting that success and making those customers happier yeah exactly and they have a clear you know we tend to do better with you know independently owned uh, agencies or the private equity roll-ups as well, you know, just, just because they are, you know, motivated, uh, but especially the independents, they're very motivated for the outcome of their agency in the future. They understand things are moving more digitally. Um, and so I think that the, the ownership structure to a degree does affect that. Yeah, they need to perpetuate. So yeah, they're trying to move that that stock dollar. Yeah, so you got them agents to change in there, then definitely. I mean, that's what I look for. You know, I get, give me uh, give me some some good under fifty owners that have a little leverage that need to move that needle. And that that tech, technology will work in that firm. And that's hard. I mean, that's a huge focus for agencies nowadays: is perpetuation. You've talked about it a lot, but. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, to, it's core to technological advancement to me. I mean, I, it's, you know, as I, as I look at what holds agencies back, what, what makes an agency not net success? What are the, what are, what's one or two things that you've seen agencies do that trip themselves up yeah. with, with the technology? Yeah, I think I think that the, the 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 agencies and they're few and far between, but the ones that, that do have trouble with our system, it's all around getting it adopted in the first place. So once an agency adopts our system and they use it to send an application to a client, every single agency that's done that is still a client today. They don't leave. Um, there are agencies that struggle, particularly it ends up being smaller agencies, but there are agencies that struggle to get that initial adoption. What happens is that maybe the owner buys it, but doesn't sell it to the team internally, uh, or the team is just stuck in their own own workflows. And so, you know, there, there are a lot of clients that we have where, you know, not everyone in their organization that could be using it is using it. And we have an entire customer success team that's kind of focused on getting people up and going, but it's, a, it's, it's change management is kind of the, the main struggle and it's and it's something where it's hard to learn something new particularly when things are going well uh, yeah and i mean I, and i think that you know like you said if if leadership has not had a um some kind of of, of movement towards that then uh, if they're cutting their teeth on that with india as the first kind of uh bite any technology is going to be a challenge 
right? I mean, it's just that no, no matter what it is, if that's the first foray into it. And so, you know, I'm always, a, you know, let, let's learn our lessons and iterate so we can get better and we can always get better and we can always learn our lessons. And so I think that, you know, perseverance is probably a big deal. You know, somebody, because with any technology, you know, I, I've seen people flip CRMs eight times and it's just like, dude, if you would have stayed with one for eight years, you'd be so much more for, for, far along, you know, and it's, it's never the CRM's fault. It's just our ability to get buy-in. And so sometimes we, we get confused about what the root cause is. Yeah. Something, something that we've heard a lot that I'm sure you have as well. And, and there's something new to me that I didn't realize or know before I moved into the industry was a lot of agents will tell you I've been burned by technology in the past. And that always surprised me because I was always, I, I was kind of like, well, you know, there's only a couple technology solution providers and you guys all still use them. You know, there's only a few management system providers, let's say, or what have you. And so, you know, it's always interested me to hear that there's kind of this, uh, this negative attitude uh, around technology and the perception of technology and just feeling like the, you know, the ROI around it is being questioned. Um, and that's interesting to me. And I don't know exactly maybe why that is. Um, I, I have some, some guesses, but uh, you know, that, that's always been something that's, that's interested me. And so I think that we are in, in some way, in a lot of ways, a new type of company where, you know, we, we, uh, we end up, we do deliver on, on what we promise people are, are happy when they use it. But I think some of the initial hesitation uh, does come from experience with technology in the past and, and people over promising and under delivering. You know, one of the things I think that uh, some sometimes we hold on to is, ooh, that new thing over there, it's flash in the pan, right? It, it, and one of the bad parts about having so many insure tech companies rise over the last four or five years is you've seen a bunch fall, you know? And so, you know, when you hear that argument, how do you, how do you, how do you help individuals have faith that Indio is the long-term partner, that they're going to be around, that, you know, what are things that they can look to to say, I know that if, if I come and invest in this technology, these guys, they're going to, they're going to be here. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, certainly a hesitation we faced, especially in the early days, less so now. Uh, I mean, it, you know, just, you know, quantitatively, we've raised, uh, you know, $30 million of venture funding. And so we have a, a, a fair amount of balance sheet. We have, you know, a good amount of revenue. We work with 40 of the top 100 insurance brokers today. You know, we, we have a stable, consistent, uh, you know, very fast growing business. We've grown 7x in the last uh in the last 12 months, which has been pretty, pretty amazing. Um, but I think more than that is the nature of the product itself. And so I think a lot of the technology providers that have tried to do things in the industry have either, let me give you, they've tried to do too much. So they've either tried to be both a broker and a technology solution. So they're trying to get a piece of the premium and do some of the operational aspects, but then they also want to build a technology company. Uh, and that's very, very hard to do in my opinion, or they're trying to build everything at once. They're trying to connect to every single carrier and be a platform where you could get a BOP quote from 20 different carriers. And, and although I do see that as the ultimate way that the industry is going to go, it's very complex. And so I think when, when we you know, promote our product to prospects, 
you know, I think the believability around our ability to deliver is just how simple it is. It's a very, very simple solution. We're digit, we're not doing anything that's out of our control or relies on other third parties like carriers or wholesalers, or it doesn't require an insurance licensing, or we are purely a software company. Um, we have a simple pricing model and we deliver a solution that is not, it really isn't disruptive to current workflow. And it's, and it's more or less just replacing a pen and paper process. So I think those things have allowed us to get, you know, for brokers to say, okay, it seems like this can be done very feasibly. It's simple. And I mean, and this is one of those industries and I mean, probably any technology is, is as you get better at implementation, as you get better at, as you have, I mean, you got 300 some clients that, you know, you've cut your teeth on. Yeah. That's a pretty, that's some pretty decent knowledge that the organization has about what works, what doesn't, what's going to, what, what specific things can you leverage for your agency? You know, how, how long this might take, how short this, I mean, those are all like, and then plus the data that you have to be able to understand the issues and different things around that. I mean, it, isn't all that kind of like built like exponentially building? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been blown away by, you know, now uh, we are able to be somewhat prescriptive to agencies and, and brokerages in giving them advice about how to conduct the renewal process, for example, kind of best practices around how to utilize our system to supercharge that, that process and, and even giving them advice on things that have nothing to do with our, our, system and we've you know we we've done nothing but iterate on the little pieces of our product for for three years and we're going to continue to do that and so i think we have a very deep understanding of of how the workflow works across different industries across different sizes of of end customers and you know that 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 knowledge is ip to a degree for us uh, that's exactly i mean as i was kind of going through that's exactly what i was thinking i was like i mean it really is it, it is straight up because it's such a hard industry to crack. I mean, any industry is maybe hard. I don't know because I've only been in insurance agencies. But if insurance agencies feel a little more difficult and a little more nuanced um, because of, of we're, we're, we're risk mitigators by nature. Right? <laughs> and so we're risk adverse by nature. Um, and so anything that's new is kind of freaks us out because we don't know what the end result is going to be. And so I think that's one of the reasons that a company like yours that has had that success, that has had the persistence to iterate through, that does, it becomes intellectual property. Where do you, where, it, it, you're sitting three years down the stretch, best case scenario, um, not, not from a financial standpoint, but from an NDO impact on agency standpoint, where, where are you? Yeah, well, first and foremost, every, every business in America is you know, on NDO, and they are using NDO as the, their platform where they're entering in their information for the insurance application process. I think, you know, three years from now, get, getting to be close to that level of penetration, I estimate we have about a couple billion of premium coming through our system right now out of, let's say, the 300 billion, 400 billion commercial lines uh, premium in the United States. So, you know, if we can start to, if we can get to 25% penetration, 100 billion, uh, I think that would be pretty, pretty powerful in a couple of years. And, and I think that what that would represent is just that uh, we are kind of the, the, the platform where that information is being collected, but more so we are helping the brokers really become more 
advisors to their clients, not transactional middlemen. <clears throat> and I think that, that the, the way that the industry is going to go is there's going to be fewer counts of agencies in the future. I don't think the headcount of the employees is going to go down or, or headcount of the, the individuals in the industry is going to go down. But um, I think private equity and these uh, roll-ups are, are, are acquiring agencies at a very, very fast rate. And I think that they have uh, you know, certain levels of margin that they have to maintain and whatnot. And so I think we're positioned well in, in that regard. I think also just providing higher, you know, being able to clean that data, provide better quality data to the insurance carriers and, and sort of being that, that, that system of engagement across the board is really, you know, in three years, I would say what would be the kind of like uh, holy grail. Did you, I mean, when you were looking back, you know, when you, if, when we talk about, you know, when you, when you thought of Indio originally, is is to get the funding level that you got is that was that where you thought you would be i mean i have no idea because i don't know if that's to me it sounds wildly successful but somebody who gets five hundred thousand dollars sounds wildly successful to me as well so i mean you know when you were sitting at a table and it's you and adam and the other guy sitting around talking was 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 that pretty i mean was that a vision that you saw you know, it was definitely something we we hoped for. We don't, you know, it, it, we don't necessarily benchmark success off of how much money we raise, but it's obviously a, a good indicator of of our progress and our ability to to grow in the future and invest. And the amount we've raised to date, you know, specifically the last the Series B we raised, we raised twenty million a couple months ago, is is really meaningful. I mean, it puts us at you know on track to 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 be a billion dollar valuation company, uh, you know, hopefully soon. And you know, I, I think that it just uh, it, it it is a lot. Of a lot of funding allows us to to really have stability going into the future, and you know I, I think that it is beyond what I initially conceived. But I think the biggest thing that's beyond what I initially conceived is that so many people are using the product every day. There's thousands. Right. That's awesome. Through um, you know while I'm sleeping at night, you know a hundred a uh, hundred customers fill out their insurance applications or, or more. So I think that to me that that's sort of the most mind blowing thing that that we've created that. Well, I love that. That's awesome, man. And, you know, I appreciate, you know, all that you've done for the podcast and the insurance agencies and trying to make customer experience better, man. Any parting thoughts that you'd like to leave with our listeners? <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think you, uh, you hit on a lot of good questions and I appreciate you having me on and I'm looking forward to hearing more of the uh, digital broker episodes. Yeah, brother. And I will see you at ITC. I hope agents, if you're listening, they're putting a whole day on agency connect. It's the 23rd man. Come on, come on. It's not that much money. It's Vegas. You'll learn a ton. You'll get to hang out with cool insure tech companies that are really trying to help you guys stay relevant. So, you know, let, let's go to ITC and let's have a good agent showing. Always thank you guys for listening to the Digital Broker. If you guys want to join our LinkedIn group, that's the Digital Broker Podcast group on LinkedIn. If you guys don't know Indio, check them out, www.useindio.com. Thanks, Ryan. All right, brother. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and e and free saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one -on -one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast.